Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Companions of the Message. This is Maha. And this is Sara. So alhamdulillah, this is our second episode of the series, Qualities of the Companions. And this week we're going to focus on a very, very important quality of every Muslim. It's generosity. And we're going to shine light and highlight one of the sahabas, one of the companions of the Prophet, radiallahu anhum, and how they embodied this quality, along with other stories and a hadith. And keep in mind that many of the sahaba were very generous. Yeah. So it's like, it's so hard to even focus on one sahabi. You know, that's what I was thinking. I was like, it's so hard to pick one because yeah. they all embodied it like so in well. such different, yeah, in different ways. Yeah. So when I was like preparing my notes on it and thinking about generosity, like all that was coming with it was being thankful, being grateful. For me, you cannot be generous unless you're giving, right? Unless you, you feel like you have enough to give. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're capable of giving. And I want us to see Islam as a religion of generosity. When we read about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and learn about him, and see like how giving he is and how generous he is with his forgiveness. I feel like when we think of generosity, we think of materialistic things, but this religion is so generous with forgiveness. It's so generous with good deeds. It's so generous with blessings that, you know, the materialistic things are at the end. When you have these things that you cannot measure and you cannot weigh, you have everything else. And Maha, it's so funny that you mentioned that because I did want to mention a story that had to do with generosity, but through acts of service. Mm -hmm. Because I want us to all understand that like, Generosity is not just about giving. Like, you might not have the money to give, yeah. but this episode still relates to you. You can still give for the sake of Allah without having that money. Giving in other ways. Yeah. So I wanted to start off by mentioning a hadith where the Prophet says, nasi mm. So the most beloved people to Allah are those who are helpful to others. And I think that's a great way to begin the episode to show that you being of service to someone else can be the greatest form of generosity in your entire life. Yeah. And I feel like that brings meaning to yourself too. There was this book, It was it's called Givers and Takers, I think. And it literally just talks about people who are givers and people who are takers. And it's a study. So they were studying medical students, right, Sada? And they were saying, okay, we studied a group of students who were givers, meaning they would give up their time to study with other people. Even though sometimes studying alone is more productive, but they would rather help their peers and work together Mm -hmm. and sort of succeed with one another. And then there was the other group of medical students that were kind of like takers, that would take any opportunity that they can get from people, but they wouldn't offer any help or any support. We all know one of those. Yeah, right? (laughs) And subhanAllah, he said at the end of their study, And this was a study that went on throughout their whole medical schooling, right? And he said that the students who were givers, at the long run, they did better. And the students who were takers, maybe that semester they were successful, but as the years went on, they they weren't as successful. Because when you're a giver, it, it brings a connection between you and the person you're giving. Not a sense of debt, like, oh, you're indebted to me, but it's a sense of like, okay, I'm here for you and you're here for me. So these students being givers were givers to one another. So they were able to help one another when the time was needed. But when you're only a taker, yeah, you do like benefit at that moment maybe. But in the long run, you miss out on a lot because you miss out on, on those those human connections that only giving can provide. The Prophet Sallallahu says, Tahadu tahabu, give gifts and this will increase the love between you and your friend or you and your partner. Okay, so now that we've mentioned the importance of giving and the fact that when you give, you're actually gaining more than you're giving. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention a hadith where Abu Dhar al-Ghafari asks the Prophet ﷺ. He says, He's like, what is something that I can do that will protect me from the hellfire? And the Prophet says, Al-Imanu Billah, believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Abu Dhar al-Ghafari says, is there any amal, is there anything that I can do that will protect me from the hellfire after believing in Allah? And then the Prophet says, So it's to give from what Allah has given you or, or blessed you with. 
SubhanAllah, that's the first thing that the Prophet mentioned when Abu Dhar was asking, how can I protect myself from the hellfire? And I feel like that's a question that we oftentimes ask. You know, we always want the easy way out. So like, what's yeah. that one thing that I can do <laughs> that will protect me from, from Jahannam? And the Prophet says to give from what Allah has given you. Showing like the importance of sadaqah. Mm -hmm. How powerful sadaqah is. I did a whole lecture once in, in our halaqa about saving yourself from the hellfire and literally Mahab remembers this, like half of the lecture was about sadaqah mm -hmm. and how giving in charity is one of the best acts of ibadah. And the Prophet even mentions that the deeds will compete with each other, mm -hmm. right? Your a'mal will compete with each other. And he says that sadaqah will say, فَتَقُولُوا sadaqa أَنَا أَفْضَلُكُمْ That sadaqah will say, I am the best of you. SubhanAllah, that's how important sadaqah is. And SubhanAllah, I love that you mentioned that because like it's one of the actions we don't even think of or we don't consider to be one of the forefront of our worship towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're focused on making sure our salah, our fasting is at its tier, but giving. And again, giving in Islam is not just materialistic giving, it's giving of your time, giving of like, you know, your kind gestures or your giving of your patience. Wow. SubhanAllah, sometimes some of your friends need your patience more than they need any materialistic thing from you. So there's a story that Ibn Mas'ud narrates that the Prophet told. So there's a man from Bani Israel who worshipped Allah for 60 years. So just imagine this man, all his life is worshipping Allah. And then a lady moves next to this man after 60 years. And one day he goes to her house and he commits zina for six nights. So he sleeps with her for six nights. And afterwards he's so regretful and he goes to the masjid and he just stays there repenting to Allah. And then a man comes to him and he gives him a loaf of bread. And the man tore the bread into two halves and he gave the guy to his right a half of the bread and then he gave the other guy to his left the other half of the bread. And then in that moment, the angel of death comes to take his life. So the Prophet ﷺ is narrating the story and he says that 60 years of worship were put on one side of his scale. And six nights of zina were put on the other side of the scale. And the Prophet says that the six nights of zina actually overweighed the 60 years of worship, subhanAllah. And just like a side lesson, right? Like you never know how heavy your sins are to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so don't ever undermine the weight of your sins. Mm -hmm. But anyway, back to the story. So the Prophet says that the one loaf of bread was added to the 60 years of worship. And it outweighed the six nights of zina. And so the lesson from the story is that sadaq is a huge act of worship. Imagine that one piece of bread outweighed six nights of disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that was the reason that he entered Jannah. It wasn't his 60 years of worship, but it was that generosity. It was that loaf of bread that he gave to the two people on his sides. And so sadaqah is not just a good form of worship, but it's also the greatest form of repentance. SubhanAllah. So when you commit something that is shameless, when you disobey Allah, mm -hmm. the best way to repent to Allah, the best way for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept your repentance is for you to give from something that you love. I feel like people think that sadaqah is this easy thing. It's really easy to be generous, but I don't think it is, to be honest. Yeah. I feel like the most rewarding acts are easy to do in form of like it's action it's not hard right yeah. but it's it's hard on the ego it's hard on the heart it's hard on your thoughts like imagining yourself constantly giving and only thinking of the extreme because like the shaitan's only letting you think oh you're going to give all your wealth meanwhile you're only giving a portion of it making this a realistic act for you the generosity part that's part of your 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 income part of your money making sure that if even if you have no money i, w I grew up i didn't have a job i only got a job once i you know graduated from college yeah. and when i think of generosity at that age not having much of an income but it's being generous with what I have maybe my clothing with my sister maybe it's my time with my mom giving from your Eid money right that one opportunity for me like I would think okay I only get money on Eid realistically and knowing that I used to give part of it to my mom would make me feel like I look at my mom like aren't you proud of me like you know yeah. like because like that's all I got mm -hmm. <laughs> so making sure like whatever it is whatever you have whatever you think this is all I have give some of it 
because you'll still have. You're not giving away everything. No one's telling you to give away all of you. We're just saying make sure you're giving so that way your ego, your soul knows you have to be a giver. Allah's generosity allowed that bread to outweigh 80 or 60 years of his worship. And I think that's so amazing not to belittle the good deeds and not to belittle your sins either. You don't know the weight of them. Mm -hmm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most generous, but he is also the most just. And also when you're giving as a young kid, you're building habits for when you get older. When exactly. you do have that money to give, it, it'll be easier to let go of some of that money. So I just wanted to briefly go over this name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because I really did it in the Thursday Thoughts. If you want to check it out, Allah's name, Al-Waha, the giver of gifts, the bestower. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave himself this name because it's a name of prestige. It's a name of honor. If you are under that umbrella of being a giver, that people look at you and say, oh, Saad is so generous. Oh, she, she's always giving. She never really, you know, lets me feel like I don't have. And I mentioned in that episode, I said that if you're giving, wanting something or wanting their things, that you're not a giver and you're neither generous. You are doing a transaction. Yeah. And if you really want to weigh your generosity, if you're someone that thinks, oh, I'm generous, I'm always giving, ask yourself, am I always wanting something in return? Even if it's a thanks, that, that means you're not generous. You should be giving without ever wanting anything in exchange. And of course it's hard, but we still at least, at least fight for that. Fight your ego with knowing that I'm giving because I want to give, because I have to give, because Allah gave me, I have to give others. I'm indebted to give to others. And I'm actually going to get to that when I talk about Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, who's the highlight of this episode, inshallah. You know we had to bring him in. So I'm going to mention him and how he used to give for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and just for the sake of Allah. And how that looks. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we can't imagine giving for the sake of Allah. This is why it's so important to learn of the noble people of the past. Because they made it realistic. Yeah, a prophet is perfect, so we don't really imagine ourselves competing with their actions. But these companions, these tabi'een, are, are human beings just like us. Mm -hmm. So the first story that I'm going to mention about Abu Bakr al-Siddiq is his generosity with his time, with his patience, with his acts of service. So Umar anhu narrates this story. And he says that Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, after he became the Khalifa of the Ummah, remember, he's like the king of the Ummah, Every day at Fajr Salah, after leading the prayer, he would leave the masjid and he would go in the opposite direction of his house. And Umar said that I would always wonder where was he going. And so Umar decided to follow him one day. And they were walking until they went to the outskirts of Medina and Abu Bakr al-Siddiq goes into a house. And so then Umar is just waiting there for Abu Bakr al-Siddiq to leave the house. And when he finally leaves, Umar goes and he knocks on the door and an old blind woman opens the door. And so then Umar asks her, what's your situation? And she says, I'm a blind woman and I have no one to take care of me and these orphan children. And so then Umar anhu asks her, who is that visitor that visited you? And she said, I don't know who he is. He never shared his name with me. But every morning he comes, he cleans my home. Remember, she's like detailing everything that he does. So he cleans my home. He washes our clothes. He grinds our wheat. He bakes our bread. He cooks mm. our breakfast. And then he leaves. Remember, this is the Khalifa of the Ummah. So then Umar says every single day and she says every single day. And then Umar radiallahu anhu begins to cry and he says, He says that you have exhausted every successor of yours, O Abu Bakr. So he, he set the standard so high, even for the Sahaba. Can you imagine that he set the standard so high mm -hmm. for the greatest companions of the Prophet And so we see his generosity in the way that he spent his time. And it goes to show you like, what time did he give up? He gave up his time. After Fajr, no one needs him. His family's not in need of him. The Ummah realistically is, you know, still getting up and whatnot. Like, if you want to give and you feel like you have no time, then give from your own time. Don't take from the rights of your family or school or your work. Give when it's your personal time. There's a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ mentions Abu Bakr and how he was his greatest companion. And so the Prophet says, إِنَّ مِنْ أَمَنِّ النَّاسِ عَلَيَّ 
So from the people who have given me the most favors, في صحبته وماله أبا بكر. The Prophet says in his friendship and in his wealth is Abu Bakr. So when the Prophet is talking about Abu Bakr being his greatest companion, mm-hmm. he mentions his friendship, like his time, the time that he gives to him, his loyalty, and then he also mentions his wealth. It shows how when you're generous to your friends, that's you being a really good friend. That quality is a quality of the noble. It's a quality of the mu'minin. Mm-hmm. And then the Prophet says, وَلَوْ كُنْتَ مُتَّخِذًا خَلِيلًا مِنْ أُمَّتِي لَاتَّخَدْتُ أَبَا بَكْرٍ He says that if I can take a khalil from my ummah, because remember the Prophet ﷺ is a khalil of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so he doesn't have any other best friend but Allah. He says, I would have taken Abu Bakr as my khalil, as my greatest companion. SubhanAllah. And you know, when you uh, study the life of the Prophet ﷺ, you see that Abu Bakr anhu learned that from somebody. He learned it from who? The, the Prophet, Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. When he was helping that woman, and the entire time she's bashing the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, yeah. talking bad about him. And the whole time, she's, he's helping her. He could have introduced himself, but he didn't. So the entire time she's bashing him, and only towards the end, he says who he is. And that's after she asked him for his name, subhanAllah. Yeah. So giving without giving up who you are for that praise. Mm-hmm. And, and she accepts Islam right after. SubhanAllah. Like, that's also a good form of da'wah, like being yes. generous. It really is. Wallah. A lot of like, the number one thing every non-Muslim that I've worked with always says is how generous we are. Yeah. So another incident that highlights Abu Bakr's generosity and also how the other Sahaba were competing with Abu Bakr. And it's also so beautiful how they were competing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure and also the Prophet's pleasure, mm-hmm. right? So it's totally fine to compete with your friend. Like, I want to be a better Muslim than my friend. <laughs> That's the only time that competition is actually very healthy. So the Prophet said to Salam, one day calls all the Muslimin, right? So he commands all of them to donate for the sake of Allah. To give charity for the sake of Allah. فبادر إلى ذهن عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه أن يريد أن يسبق أبا بكر في الصدقة يومها. So it occurs to Umar bin al-Khattab, let me go and donate before Abu Bakr donates. <laughs> like let me beat him to it. فأحضر نصف ماله ووضعه بين يدي رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وانتظر قدوم أبي بكر. So he goes and he gives half of his wealth to the Prophet. And then he just stands there waiting for Abu Bakr to come to see how much Abu Bakr is going to give. فَإِذَا هُوَ آتٍ وَوَضَعَ مَالَهُ بَيْنَ يَدَيْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ And Abu Bakr comes and he gives all of his wealth. Right? So Umar gives half of his wealth, Abu Bakr gives all of his wealth. And then the Prophet just looks at him and he says, فَسَأَلَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمُ يَا أَبَا بَكْرٍ مَا أَبْقَيْتَ لِأَهْلِكَ Oh Abu Bakr, what, what did you so this is the type of relationship that Abu Bakr had with his wealth. Mm-hmm. Remember, Abu Bakr is very wealthy. And when you think about it, he could have been way more wealthy if he wasn't... So generous. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like he, would have, he could have accumulated more wealth. And Abu Bakr, interestingly, he actually died with nothing. So عندما توفي أبي بكر لم يبقى درهما ولا دينارا فقد كان طوال الوقت منفقا في سبيل الله. Abu Bakr, despite him being so wealthy, mm-hmm. when he died, he actually didn't have any money. But keep in mind that he wasn't donating and then asking for money or begging for money. So he was giving enough where he didn't need to ask anyone else for money. So you have to also be very... Mindful. Wa- yeah, you have to be mindful when you're donating. You're not going to go give all your wealth and go cry to your parents like, yeah. I really need money. <laughs> or ask your friends for money. He exemplified like that saying that's like, the dunya was in his hand but not in his heart. Yeah. And I feel like the greatest lesson in that story, if you feel like donating even half your wealth is unrealistic for you, forget that. Forget how much they donated. Look at the point of him and his friend competing with one another. Allow that to be the lesson from the story. That compete with who can give more. Who can volunteer more at the masjid. Who can, you know, give the halaqa more often. Who can, you know, like, however it, that looks, yeah. 
with, within your capabilities, compete with your friends with that. Who can pray to Hajjid more nights? Who can wake up for Fajr on time? Who can wake the other one up for Fajr first? Yeah. Compete with who can, who's going to send that call first? So subhanAllah, just competing with your friends. One of my friends, she always tries to buy me things that I'm going to benefit from. Like maybe it's like a misbaha, maybe it's a book. And I'm like, stop trying to buy me the, you know, the thing. Yeah. I don't want to get my own edger from it. Yeah. And then if she buys me something, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy you two books. Like, you know, th- that way, whatever she benefits from, I'll get some of that edger. Be in competition with your friend and giving of things that will benefit the both of you. Ali radiallahu anhu says about Abu Bakr, yeah. um, just to show like the competition, it wasn't just with Umar, right? It was with all of the Sahaba. He says, He says that we never tried to do khair, except that Abu Bakr was always beating us to it. So it's not even about them not doing good deeds, right? Like they were all doing good. They were all trying to win the pleasure of Allah. Mm-hmm. But it was about who was doing it first. Yeah. Like, like Maha mentioned, who was doing it first and who was doing it more. I wanted to just give a defining characteristic of the Prophet Because whenever we mention the companions, we have to know this was a learned trait from the Prophet Muhammad And he was the most generous. To the point where the companions عنهم, said, we've never heard him say no to a request. Wow. That any request that someone would ask the Prophet وسلم, he would never say no. And there was an incident of the Prophet Sallallahu life where his clothes were so worn down and one of the companions sees him like this and he's like, you know what, no, this is my prophet, this is my you know, leader, I'm going to go get him something nice to wear. So he goes and he gives the Prophet a gift of a nice beautiful garment, brand new. So the Prophet goes inside, he puts it on, he comes out, and another companion sees it. It's this beautiful garment. He goes, Ya Rasulullah, can I have that? Oh my God. The Prophet that just put this garment on goes back in his home, changes, puts the worn down garment back on and gives him back the clothes. Wow. And the, the, the companions that are watching this are like looking at the other companion like, what's wrong with you? You know he's not going to say no to you. So they were upset with him and the, and the man says, oh, it's because I want this to be what I'm buried with. So that was his reasoning, but it would have been better if he would have kept the... <laughs> if he would have let the Prophet be. <laughs> let the Prophet be. So subhanAllah, when you're giving, it's something that really reminds you of your purpose, really reminds you of like, this is not mine. Even if it is yours, even if you earned it, even like if you're like Abu Bakr that worked hard for his money would constantly give. So many of the companions received freedom from slavery through Abu Bakr paying their, their debts, right? Paying off their slave owner, subhanAllah. And this was an investment for himself. Every time you give, just know that you are investing in yourself. You're not giving to an empty hole or you're not burning your money. You're investing in a currency you can't even, you can't even imagine. Right? When you see what you brought forth, when Allah says you will see what you have brought forth and you see what those few dollars have brought you, you're going to wish you gave in more. And so on the topic of slavery, that you mentioned that freeing slaves during that time also costs money. So if you wanted to free a slave, you would have to pay a certain amount of money to do that. Yeah. So when the Sahaba were freeing slaves for the sake of Allah, that was their form of generosity. Yeah. So I wanted to mention a famous story of, of Abu Bakr and how he freed Bilal ibn Rabah. Mm. And the ayahs that actually came down after he, he freed Bilal ibn Rabah. So the story goes, So Bilal is being tortured in the desert. And the Prophet passes by him and he says, Someone will free you. ثم إنه أتى أبا بكر وقال رأيت بلالا يعذب في الله فذهب أبو بكر إلى بيته وأخذ من ذهب. So Abu Bakr passes by Bilal and he sees that he's being tortured for the sake of Allah. Remember that he's you know he's saying أحد أحد meaning that he's being tortured for his Islam. And Abu Bakr goes back home and he takes some gold. وجاء إلى أمية بن خلف واشتراه منه وأعتقه. So Abu Bakr goes and he takes gold and he gives it to Umayyah and he frees Bilal ibn Rabah. فَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى And then ayat from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came down about this incident. 
where Allah says, وَمَا لِأَحَدٍ عِنْدَهُ مِنْ نِعْمَةٍ تُجْزَىٰ إِلَّا بْتِغَاءَ وَجْهِ رَبِّهِ الْأَعْلَىٰ So these are ayahs from Surah Al-Layl. So the ayah before that I just wanted to mention is, الَّذِي يُؤْتِي مَا لَهُ يَتَزَكَّىٰ So the one who donates some of their wealth to purify themselves. So that's a form of tazkiyah. Giving, being generous is a form of tazkiyah. It's a way to purify your soul. Mm-hmm. If you feel like your soul is dirty, if you feel that blackness in your soul, donate fi sabilillah, mm-hmm. right? And see how that makes you feel. And then the next ayah, وَمَا لِأَحَدٍ عِنْدَهُ مِنْ نِعْمَةٍ تُجْزَىٰ Allah is talking about Abu Bakr al-Siddiq and he says that he would give favors not for anything, not for anything but, and then the next ayah, إِلَّا بْتِغَاءَ وَجْهِ رَبِّهِ الْأَعْلَىٰ But seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Most High. So this goes all the way back to Maha's point about, you know, not making it a transaction, not giving so that people see you, because that's also a transaction, right? Yeah. You're giving and then you get people to call you generous. You get people liking you. Very true. And so you're not giving for anything but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you're also going to try to hide the actions that you do when you're being generous. Because yeah. generosity is actually very tricky. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of good can come out of it from people. And so you should try to like give when no one's watching. And I love that point. For me, the best part of the story, Sara, is the part you didn't mention, the ending of that. When Umaymah ibn Khalif tells um, Abu Bakr anhu, when he gives him the, the crazy amount of money that he asked for, he says, if you would have bargained with me, I would have sold him to you for like a penny or two because of how much he abused Bilal. Anhu, they thought like there's no coming back from him. There's no, po- there's no way this man's going to be useful anymore as a slave. You might as well sell him with whatever you can get. And Abu Bakr anhu, says, and if you would have bargained with me, I would have paid double that or I would have paid whatever, wow. way more than that. And it shows you the worth of a person is more than anything you can give. If you see your sister or your brother in debt or having some money issues and you know they're a reliable person, they're just going through a hard time. I, I think of our, our parents. If you speak to your dad, Sara, because I've spoken to my dad about this, like how do they, how do all these men just open up businesses left and right? How do they just buy things, homes? And they're like, we used to borrow from each other. Yeah. So they had a system. Forget the banks, right? The banks were like the you know, last resort. But they had a system within themselves, within their community, where they used to borrow from one another. And I remember one of my friends, she was like saying, like, this is how we are going to get somewhere. So she told me, she's like, if you ever need anything, please let me know. Because what's the point of all my money if I can't help you? Wow. And subhanAllah, in that moment, I knew of a, of a friend that was having a hard time. And it, and it just takes, sometimes you don't even have to give, just check in. You know, letting somebody know, like, if, if you ever need money, and you're too shy because it is something no one likes to ask for. Just offering that opportunity is more than enough of, for a person to know that you're there for her. Right? SubhanAllah. And that, SubhanAllah, imagine getting the reward of, of giving when you just check in. Exactly. I wanted to just mention two more points, Sarah, and then inshallah we can probably close. Mm-hmm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I love this ayah because it refers to Allah as the generous. What is distracting you? What is deceiving you from your master? the most generous like you are too busy trying to be greedy trying to like want everything in this world not realizing the source of everything you want is from the most generous but you're too busy trying to get from people or trying to get it from your own means that you're distracted by the source of it all so if you really really want you go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if you really really want you give and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even gives you more so the last incident I wanted to mention was in the battle of Khandaq with Abu Talha radiallahu an. It was a very, very tough battle. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala narrates that the companions, their hearts were in their in their chest and their eyes used to shake because of a fear. This was a tough battle for them. They had the people outside outnumbering them and then they had the Jewish tribe inside within their proximity betraying the, the Muslimin. So this was a tough spot for them. And it was during the cold, food is scarce, they're all digging and the Prophet was leading this and he's as he's digging, his shirt lifts up and you see his stomach is tied with a rock. 
from his hunger, how hungry he is. Abu Talha sees this, he's like, you know what, I'm going to go home, I'm going to see what we have. He goes to his wife to see what's in the kitchen. She goes, we have a small goat and whatnot. So he goes to the Prophet ﷺ and whispers to his ears and says, Ya Rasulullah, you know, tell a friend or two and come to my house for dinner today. The Prophet ﷺ stands up and says to everyone of the people of Khandaq, Abu Talha has invited us over for dinner. Oh my God. Abu Talha is looking at him like, you know, <laughs> and he runs to his wife and his wife says, did you say it or did he say it? And he said, he said it. So she automatically had this trust with the Prophet So the Prophet comes and he is the one giving out the food. Point of the story, what I'm trying to say is that that pot of food was enough for all the men that were there. Almost a thousand men, it was enough for them. SubhanAllah. Subhanallah. And what does that mean? When you are generous, there's barakah. And this is a concept that we don't talk about. I always bring it up because I just want us to know when you're generous, it's there's barakah in your money. There's barakah in your time. What's barakah? It's when something is blessed. When you only have $10 and it stretches like it's 100 When you only have one hour and you ask Allah to put barakah in your time and you're able to complete a task that will usually take you an entire weekend. Mm -hmm. This is barakah. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses whatever it is that you're, you're giving up. So this concept of barakah really allows you to give more. Mm -hmm. Because when you have a huge house, and I invite you over and it's this huge house, you you feel like it's so tight and small and unwanted because there's no barakah in it. There's no blessings in this. But when I invite you to my one bedroom apartment in the Bronx and you feel like a king and a queen in my apartment, it's because of that barakah that's in there. This mm -hmm. sense of like, ev everything's enough. Mm -hmm. But when you go to some people's homes or you're in the company of people, nothing's enough for them. Even though they have everything, they still don't see anything that they have. So this concept of generosity comes with, with gratitude. You will only be as generous as you are grateful. The people that don't give, the people that are cheap and stingy, are the ones that are not grateful. Are the ones who have the most, but they don't see what they have and they feel like they have to just keep everything to themselves. Mm -hmm. And you see people who are generous. You come to the Bronx Masajid. I'm not trying to say anything about the Bronx Masjid, but our Sheikh said that he's never been to any community that gives as much as the Bronx. You guys already know the stereotypes you guys give us. Yeah. <laughs> and he's worked in so many communities, but when you feel like you have more than you need, you give a lot more. For me, like when I just kept thinking about generosity, I just kept thinking about being grateful. If you're struggling with your generosity, check how grateful you are of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. And on that note, I wanted to end with a hadith. The Prophet says, Man lillah, min. Mm. So whoever leaves something for the sake of Allah, Allah replaces him with something far better. And I feel like we always think about leaving sins whenever we hear this hadith, like leaving something for the sake of Allah, leaving something that displeases Allah. But think about it like this, you are leaving something that you love, mm. that you value, that you've worked hard for because you love Allah that much. And Allah notices that, He appreciates that, and He gives you something better. So Alhamdulillah, the month of Ramadan is ahead of us and it's the best month to be generous. And also the month of Sha'ban. You know, our Sheikh was telling us the most people struggle in is in Sha'ban because people are too busy saving up their money or only giving Ramadan. So if you can give in the month before Ramadan and during Ramadan, it's the best thing for you. And I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts barakah in our time and our money so that way we can give to others generously. Jazakallah khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.